I'd like to speak this morning about the principles of prayer, or as I call it, God's pattern for prayer. And we're using Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Quite often, and I've, I've spoken on this too, and I've called it God's cure for worry. But, but I want to deal with it in more of a general way today, that Paul is showing us principles for all of our prayer. And uh, you know, prayer is one of the greatest blessings of being a child of God, of being in communion with our Heavenly Father and having Him answer our prayers. When each of us trusted the work of the Lord Jesus on the cross of Calvary, uh, the barrier of sin was removed between us and God. And so God's throne today is a throne of grace. Praise Him. And you know, our God delights in meeting our needs. But quite often, Christians don't have very good patterns of prayer. So let me give you some examples here, okay? Uh, somebody says, well, yeah, I don't have much of a prayer life, but I know how to call upon God when I'm in trouble. I know how to send up those SOS prayers when I'm, Lord, get me out of here. Lord, help. And you know, he's so gracious. He answers my prayers. Uh, you know, I always enjoy Psalm 107 because it talks about the people who were in distress. It says, then they cried out to the Lord in their distress, and the Lord saved them. The Lord delivered them. Yes, our God is very gracious, and he answers those kinds of prayers, but there's a lot more to prayer, isn't there, than just calling upon God in the emergencies that you have. Uh, another wrong pattern of prayer is uh, praying formula prayers that we've memorized. Uh, you know, when somebody says, oh, I say my prayers at night, <laughs> I wonder what he's talking about, right? Uh, maybe when you were a kid, you were taught, uh, now I lay me down to sleep, pray the Lord my soul to keep, you know, prayers like that. Some people pray the Lord's Prayer every day. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And, uh, you know, we say, well, I pray tonight, I prayed the Lord's Prayer. But quite often, uh, formula prayers are just kind of like fulfilling a duty, aren't they? They're not really being in close communion with the Lord. Well, then there's another way that we pray, and uh, maybe you have done this. I, I have to raise my hand, you know. Uh, uh, there's something that's of great concern, and you talk to God about it for a long time. You know, you really pour out your heart to God. And then when you get up, you don't feel any different than you did before. And uh, you wonder what's wrong. And you think, well, you know what? Maybe I was just worrying out loud before God. Maybe I really didn't pray the way I should have. Uh, even though I talked so long with God, it just seemed like I was just worrying out loud to him. Well, that's not the best way to pray either. Then how about this other way? Uh, grumbling and complaining before God. So there's something that really bothers you, see? Oh, Lord, I don't like this. Oh, Lord, I can't stand this. Oh, Lord. And all we're doing is uh, grumbling and complaining. Maybe we vent it just like we would if you talk to a friend uh, and you feel better, but have you really prayed, see? Uh, we want to look at God's principles for prayer today. And... Uh, you know, in, in my study of the Word of God, my meditation on Scripture, I have found that like 90% of learning the Bible is simply paying attention to the details that are there. 
So often we just gloss over things. We read things so fast, we don't really see the details. We don't see the specifics that the Lord is trying to say to us. And so I'm going to point out the very words here that Paul is using in Philippians 4, 6, and 7. We're going to concentrate on each group of words. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 is very well known. You probably have memorized it. This is the New King James. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The first thing I see here in God's pattern for prayer, if you'll notice after the word but, Paul says, in everything by prayer. Did you get that? In everything by prayer. You know, prayer is continuous communion with our Heavenly Father. What does it say in 1 Thessalonians 5.17? Pray without... Anybody know the rest of that verse? It's only a three-word verse. Pray without ceasing. Does that sound like in everything by prayer? Yes. Paul says in everything by prayer, consciously involving God in every area of your life. He knows. He cares. He is able in everything by prayer. If you're not committing everything to God in prayer, you're missing one of life's greatest blessings. You know, as I was preparing this message, uh, I actually prepared this a week ago on Sunday afternoon. But the Lord recalled to my mind how, how much prayer has been such an important part of my life. In fact, it was the very matter of prayer that brought me to the Lord. My brother and I, we came from a broken home, and we were seeking the Lord, and we bought Bibles for ourselves. And uh, I was listening to a Christian radio station in New Jersey, and uh, in the evening, this, uh, one, the station manager had a program where he would read books, Christian books. And uh, he was reading this book on prayer and how these Christian ladies got together for prayer and how God answered their prayers in just the everyday needs of life. And you know what? That showed me I couldn't do that. That showed me, you know what? I don't know God. I need the Lord because I can't pray like that. Well, the story that really got to me that one night that I was saved, uh, these ladies were getting together in prayer, and one of them said, would you pray for my neighbors? My neighbors are so unfriendly, the couple that lives next door to me. Would you pray for them that God would give me an opportunity to reach out to them and, and maybe witness to them? They're just so unfriendly. And so the ladies prayed about that. And uh, as they got up from their knees from prayer, that lady thought, all of a sudden this thought popped into her mind. And she says, oh, I think I'll bake them a cake. And so she baked them a cake. And she walked over to their house. She was really nervous because of the, such a poor reception she had gotten before trying to be friendly to them. And she walks over with the cake and she knocks on the door. And the man opens the door and he looks at her with her cake and he says, 
How did you know today was my birthday? And you know, that did it. That did it for me. Because I've been studying the Bible, I've been trying to find the Lord, but I realized that night, I don't know God. I can't pray like that. Uh, these ladies, everything by prayer. They're such an example. And so I remembered the verses that had been quoted to me, John 5, 24, John 3, 16. And right then and there that night, I gave my life to the Lord. Well, it was because of a story about everything by prayer. And then I think about my new Christian life, and I went to Bible school. And uh, in, the, in, the, in the dormitory, we had a room that was set aside. It was a prayer room. You could go there, have your devotions. You'd go there and, and pray. Your, your roommates didn't bother you, see? And so I remember being up there in that room. And I was praying so hard for my relatives that didn't know the Lord. And while I was praying, the Holy Spirit ministered to me. And uh, the Lord spoke to my heart. Joe, you're so concerned about your relatives, could you be concerned about somebody else that doesn't know me? And that night, God called me to the ministry through prayer. And then I was part of a, a student prayer group for missions when I was at Bible College. And so this is a voluntary thing, but every night I would go to the, back to the classroom and go to one of the countries of the world and pray for missions. And one night I went to pray, and instead of uh, sharing requests, we had a special speaker who happened to be a Navajo Indian who was a student there at the Bible College. And while he was speaking, the Lord spoke to my heart and showed me my life's calling to come out to the native people uh, out west. Here is a New Jersey kid who never probably saw an Indian in his life. But that night, as a result of being faithful in prayer, I got my calling from the Lord. So everything by prayer, Paul says. But why do we have a problem within everything by prayer? Well, here's some reasons. Somebody might be thinking, well, you know, I'm pretty smart. <laughs> I can figure out things for myself. Why pray about it? Somebody else might say, well, things are going okay. I can handle it my own way. I don't feel like I need to pray right now about that. Or how about this one? Lord, I'm, I'm kind of doing my own thing right now. <laughs> and I, I really don't want to involve you in my life right now. That's a bad one, isn't it? And how about this one? Well, I don't want to be some super kind of spiritual guy. Lord, just let me be myself. Well, I don't want to be this prayer warrior who prays all the time. Just let me be myself. But Paul starts out here, but in everything by prayer. Are we getting it? All right, well, then he adds, in everything by prayer and supplication. And the word supplication, that's a real old word. It's still in the New American Standard Bible as well as in our New King James. The newer versions use the word petition. In everything by prayer and petition. And so adding that to the principles of prayer, it speaks about our needs, our burdens, our earnest cries to the Lord. 
Christian, if you live in a fallen world, you have needs. Is that right? We are a needy people. And supplication is speaking of that. Which of us does not have health issues, right? Problems with the job or making ends meet. Difficulties in relationships. Family members far from God. You know, we can think of a lot of needs that we have. Are we taking that to God in prayer? prayer in everything by prayer and supplication. I made myself a little note here that was a help to me. Needs are not problems to fear or complain about, but they are opportunities for God to help us and work out in every situation. Yes, when you're in need, your Heavenly Father sees and cares and loves you and has the answer. And so if we're living a biblical pattern of prayer, petition or supplication for our needs is going to be part of our prayer life. Well, then notice the third expression here after the but, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Wow, this is a big one in our prayer life, with thanksgiving. In everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. To me, having thanksgiving as we praise, uh, that's, our, that's our surrender to God. That's our recognition that God is involved in everything in our life. And as we give thanks, we are acknowledging his sovereignty, right? His power, his wisdom, his love. I know it's not always easy, but Paul says, with thanksgiving. In everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. I want to take you to another passage of scripture. You know this one, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18. First Thessalonians 5.18. This comes right after that other verse, pray without ceasing. It says, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So what I did is I, I paralleled the two verses. In everything by prayer, in everything give thanks. Got it? In everything by prayer, in everything give thanks. Doesn't that sound like thanksgiving is an essential part of prayer? If in everything we're supposed to pray, and also it says in everything we are to give thanks. You see, thanksgiving is an integral part of prayer. Do you believe Romans 8.28? All things work together for good to those who know the Lord love the Lord, right? To those who are the called according to his purpose. Yes. Prayer, is, thanksgiving is an important part. In fact, I, I made this note to myself. I put it in bold because it's that important. It says, thanksgiving is even more important than the prayers we ask of God. Because thanksgiving is the act of worship and surrender. 
that enables us to see his purpose for everything that comes our way. Only then can we submit to his sovereignty in working things out in answer to our prayers with thanksgiving. One of the great Christians of another century was John Wesley. You, we sing his brother's hymns, don't we, in our hymn book. John and Charles Wesley were involved in one of the greatest revivals in England. And John Wesley had a commentary on the Bible. And when he came to uh, Philippians 4, 6, and 7, he commented about with thanksgiving. I wanted to read this to you. He says, thanksgiving is inseparable from true prayer. It is essentially connected with it. He that always prays is ever giving praise. Got that? Whether in ease or pain, both for prosperity and for adversity, he blesses God for all things, looks on them as coming from him, and receives them only for his sake. Wow. When we offer God the, our worship with thanksgiving, we're acknowledging the Lord is in control. Everything in my life, everything that comes my way, has to come through his loving hand, and I can give thanks. In everything by prayer, in everything, give thanks. In, in the 1970s, there was a man, some of you probably have heard, of Chaplain Merlin Carruthers. And uh, he wrote several books that made quite a sensation in the Christian publishing world. His first one was called Prison to Praise. And then that was received so well, then he wrote uh, Power Through Praise. Then he wrote Answers to Praise, and on and on. He kept writing books on praise. And that thanksgiving and praise are connected, aren't they? They're very close. When you're thankful, you praise God. And so many people would come to him as a chaplain. And they'd say, oh, chaplain, help me, pray for me. All this terrible stuff is happening to me. And he said, well, let's pause and thank God. <laughs> and, and everybody said, what? Didn't you hear me? I just said how terrible everything is. No, let's pause and thank God and praise God. Let's acknowledge him in your situation. Let's see what God wants to do in your situation. And so it, those books were very encouraging, see? He counseled troubled Christians to trust God in their greatest trials, to praise God in the midst of their crises, to believe he had a purpose to work out if they would just stop fearing, fuming, fussing, and trying to fix things themselves. See that? He told the most amazing and unbelievable stories in his book. And you know, that these stories, though, they gave evidence that God honors his word. By prayer, in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Well, then the next part of the verse says, in Philippians 4, 6, let your requests be made known to God. And so the next thing we have to focus on in prayer is that God wants us to make specific requests. Now, as a missionary, uh, I've been in prayer meetings. Uh, most of my supporting churches back east, they still have Wednesday night prayer meetings, believe it or not. 
and uh, I've been in prayer meetings where some dear gentleman, you know, some uh, older guy in the church, he says, oh God, bless the missionaries tonight in all the world, wherever they are, whatever they're doing, amen. What kind of prayer was that? Was that specific? How would you know when God answered a prayer like that? You see how general that prayer was? And yet he felt like, well, I'm fulfilling my duty. I'm praying for the missionaries. And I always tell them, hey, get my newsletter. Find out the specific needs that I bring up in my newsletter and take them to the throne of grace. Don't just pray for all the missionaries in all the world, wherever they're doing, whatever they're going through. That's kind of a hard prayer to see whether God answered or not. God wants us to be specific in our prayers. Make your requests known to God. You know, after I was saved, uh, I had an older brother who didn't want to know the Lord at all, didn't want to know hear anything about God. He was what you call a self-made man. He was successful, had everything going for him. Why would he listen to his kid brother? You know, any guy who listens to his younger brother, you know how that goes. So here I am, praying, praying for my relatives to find the Lord. And the Lord wanted me to do what? Pray specific prayers. So instead of just praying, Lord, help Bob to find you, I just looked to the Lord and I, I asked specific requests. So one of the things I prayed is, God, bring somebody into his life. Since he doesn't want to listen to his younger brother, bring somebody into his life that he respects, that he'll listen to, right? And since the life is so comfortable for him and everything's going right, shake up his world a little, Lord. <laughs> and uh, it didn't take very long for that prayer to get answered. Uh, my brother had a, a very mysterious illness. They thought it was MS. And every 10 years, he would have a major attack. Uh, well, anyway, I was in Bible school only about a year, a year and a half, and I heard that my older brother was in the hospital, blind, paralyzed from the, wet, from the chest down. They didn't even know if my brother was going to live. But remember, I had prayed, God, bring somebody into his life. Well, at the place where he worked, there were two Christians who I knew who worked at the same place he worked. And one of them happened to be his supervisor. And Mr. Hokey was about the only Christian my brother ever admired and looked up to. And when my brother was in the hospital, Mr. Hokey, who happened to be the head elder of my church where I went, Mr. Hokey went to the hospital and prayed for my brother. And my brother walked out of there healed. My brother went on to be professional. He was a professional photographer and a professional draftsman. Do you need your sight for that? Do you need your hand movement and everything? Yeah. But I prayed specific prayers and saw God answer specific prayers. Well then, along with making our requests known to God, there's the idea of committing them to God turning them over to God, letting go of them. That's, that's what it means to make your request known to God. I'm turning into a specific request, and I'm turning it over to God. Here, God, here's my request. 
I need you to, to answer this request. But most of us, the big problem we have is we, we tell God about it, but we what? We hold on to it. So I've asked for a volunteer this morning. I've asked John to come up here and volunteer. I'm going to illustrate how a lot of us pray, okay? John, would you hold my book for me? Oh, John, would you hold my book for me? All right, well, he didn't get to hold it very well, did he? Why not? Because I kept pulling it back, right? Now watch, John, would you hold my book for me? Get it? What have I done? One of the verses we've memorized at the Christian Discipleship Center, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Yeah, this isn't prayer, you know. Oh, Lord, I'm worried about this. Oh, Lord, Lord, help. But then every time we take it back, make specific requests, and let go, casting all your care upon him. How do I know when I've prayed biblically? Well, verse 7 tells you, right? What's the result of truly committing it to God with a specific request, casting it upon him? What's the result? Verse 7, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, shall guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. That's how I know. I'm still not worked up over it. I'm not fearful. I'm praising God now, right? I'm at peace because it's been given to him. He's bigger than the problem, right? He has more power, more wisdom, more knowledge. He knows how. And he's taken care of it. Praise God. I can thank him. Well, there's one other passage that I'd just like to finish, these principles of prayer. It's a kind of a parallel passage. Ephesians chapter 5. I'm sorry, Ephesians chapter 6. 6.18. I actually didn't write it down here. Yeah, I did. Ephesians 6.18. In a way, it sounds similar. As Paul discusses the Christian's armor in Ephesians 6, he ends by saying, Ephesians 6.18, praying always with all prayer and supplication. And then he adds this in the spirit being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all saints did you hear that last important phrase praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit as we bring our needs to the Lord you know there's a lot of times we don't know how to pray we don't know what to pray for and we need the help of the Holy Spirit, don't we? To show us, to help us to sense what the will of God is in any situation so that we can pray to him and truly cast that upon him. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. So I find that when I'm in prayer to the Lord, I don't do all the talking about you. When I'm in prayer with the Lord, the Holy Spirit is ministering to me. See, he has my attention. I'm in his presence. I'm surrendered to him with thanksgiving. 
I'm yielded to him, and he is free now to minister to me. And the Spirit of God shows me what is important to God. The Holy Spirit helps me to, to know how to pray. He directs my thoughts and helps me to pray according to the will of God. And this is the other aspect that helps us so much, to pray specific prayers that we commit to God and believe that it's in his hands. Well, I'd like to just close with an example, uh, an illustration of this from our own personal life. Praying in the Spirit, seeking God. You, you all know that our daughter Sharon was in a terrible rollover accident in 1997, and she was in a coma. She was flown by emergency uh, uh, medical flight from Durango to Albuquerque. She was placed in a special hospital, and uh, she was getting, coming out of her coma. But one of the doctors warned us, and he said, you know, you have to be more concerned now for her pulmonary issues than for her head injury because that's where you might lose her. And I thought, how's that? You know, because we've been so concerned about her head injury, her TBI, her being in a coma. But sure enough, when her chest hit the steering wheel, uh, there was a bruise in her lungs. And uh, when they intubated her, immediately she got staph. Shows you how dirty emergency rooms are, right? Staph in her lungs and strep went through that bruise into her chest wall surrounding her lungs. And it wasn't long when, from the time she got to Albuquerque there that her lung collapsed from step, strep. And she was having raging fevers. Every day she would get 103, 104. She was just like a rag doll. She just had no strength at all. And so she was transferred to Presbyterian Hospital. And uh, she was uh, assigned to the, the best surgeon in Albuquerque to do a thoracotomy. And that, my friends, is the worst surgery just about that you can have. They cut every muscle from your stomach all the way around to your back. And they peel you open and they physically scrub all, this, all the infection because no antibiotic will reach that section between your lungs and your chest wall. And so with the best surgeon in Albuquerque, man maybe like 60 years old or so, uh, Sharon had that surgery and it's, it's so painful. And Sharon could not utter a sound at that time. All we could see was the pain in her eyes after she had that surgery. But we were relieved, you know. Now, now her chest has been cleaned out. And the one comfort was the nurse told us, don't worry, as much as your daughter is suffering, she won't remember. Her brain is still swollen. And she won't even remember these five, six weeks of her life in the hospital. And sure enough, she never remembered it. So that was a great comfort. But here, after she had her surgery and she's recovering, about a week or so later, she starts getting fevers again. And they do another scan. And, and this fine surgeon, uh, he comes and he says, I, I'm sorry. He said, this never happens. 
He said, but I clean people. They're clean. He says, your daughter's infection has returned. And I'm afraid the only solution is to go in and do it again. And that was the, probably the lowest point of our time in Albuquerque. Talk about fear, right? Talk about worry. Talk about uh, just, we just felt like if she didn't get clean, they gave her four units of blood on that surgery. If she didn't get clean the first time, why would it work the second time, right? And so my wife and I, we went out to the park south of uh, the hospital there in Albuquerque, and we spent all afternoon in prayer for our daughter. Now, she already had 101 fever when we left the hospital, about 1.30 maybe. And uh, as we were praying for our daughter, we were involved in a great spiritual battle. We understood, we felt God, Satan is trying to kill our daughter. You know, when a doctor says this never happens, wow, there's the finger, there's the devil's finger right there. So anyway, as we were praying, we, through God's spirit, we were praying uh, for wisdom on what, what to do. And, you know, we gave our daughter back to the Lord. We said, Lord, she's yours. You gave her to us. She's, her middle name is Joy. She's brought us so much joy in our life. But, Lord, if you want her, you want to take her home, that's okay. That's okay. But if it glorifies you, Lord, we're going to ask for this request. Lord, you made those bacteria, and you can kill them. And, Lord, we're just asking you, to kill those bacteria so that she does not need to have that surgery again. And so after praying for two or three hours in the park in Albuquerque there, we went back to our daughter's bedside. Remember, she already had 101. It was heading toward 103. When we got back to our daughter's bedside, her temperature was 98.6. And the next scan they did showed nothing. Complete, her lungs and her chest were completely clear. Now, that was a miracle, wasn't it? And we were so blessed to have actually experienced a divine miracle in our life. But, you know, my wife and I have had a lot of experience praying together. And that's what God's Spirit led us to pray that day. And God answered. So. You know, when we pray biblically, we can pray bold, specific prayers in confidence. We can believe God cares, God's involved, and God will answer. May the Lord help us to be biblical Christians in our prayer. Shall we close? Our Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for teaching us through the Apostle Paul, through these letters. We realize that in many ways we are insufficient. We are inadequate in our prayer life. Help us to take these principles seriously in everything by prayer. In everything, give thanks. In everything, bring our needs to you with specific requests and truly cast them upon you and trust your spirit to direct our thoughts and our prayers so that you will be glorified in all that is accomplished. And we will give you the praise in Jesus' name.